just get into the Word. I'm not going to keep you very long. I, 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 there's things I've been studying and and I've uh, been praying, and it seems like God's taken me to a to a, a different place. And what I mean by that is is I think my you know He's trying to wake me up and wake us up. I believe that we're living in the day prior, just prior to the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. I think we're seeing the stage being set. I, we've talked many times about everything that's going on in the world and the things that are happening. And if you look, you know, everything's just moving at a lightning pace, a lightning pace. And we're seeing the Bible um, prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes. We're seeing God's word uh, that was written thousands of years ago. Um, things that were, you know, that, that John saw, uh, things that the prophets saw in the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophets, things that they saw uh, are, are coming about and coming to pass. And I think it's time that this church here today, the church in general, I'm talking about the church worldwide, to wake up and realize uh, that there's a God in heaven and His Word is true. And it's time that God's people start acting like God's people. You know, start standing on the Word. God gave us the Word to stand on. Jesus says, I give you authority. I give you the authority, my authority, I give to you. And it's time we, as the body of Christ, begin taking that authority and exerting it over the enemy. Amen? It seems like God's people have just been pushed around. And so, like I said, I'm not going to keep you out. And this, this may seem a little gibberish today, and I don't mean for, it to, uh, mean for it to, but I want you to get the gist of what I'm saying here this morning. <clears throat> so many things, and I, this may sound legalistic, and I, it's not legalistic, okay? I'm not trying to take anybody back to the law. We're under the dispensation of grace now. Uh, the blood, the uh, the uh, blood of Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, the the spotless Lamb of God was shed on the cross some two thousand years ago for the remission of our sins, and we are now under the dispensation of grace. We walk in grace. We're saved by grace. Amen. It's not by our works that we're saved, but it is by the grace of God that we are saved. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is moving and He's wooing and He's calling unto those that are not saved, amen, to, to hear the message, the gospel, which is the good news, amen, to be saved, amen. And I believe the reason things have taken so long, everybody says, well, why has it taken so long for Jesus to return? And I think it's one reason is because His love is so uh, immense, amen, and it's so... Uh, uh, far more than we can comprehend that he wants none to perish but he wants all to come into everlasting life amen but there's a time coming amen when 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 judgment is going to come now that's kind of what I want to get into today because I've been reading a little book and it's talking about the courts of heaven the courts of have you ever heard have you okay uh, and, and it's the courts in heaven and how how you know God if you start reading the Word, and I didn't really realize, I mean, I knew and I've read it, but, you know, when you, some things just, you know, there's a light switch sometimes that comes on, and, and things get a little clearer for you, you know, and so I was reading that, and I was thinking, you know, that, that is, that makes a whole lot of sense. It makes a whole lot of sense, 
that there's there's a courtroom. You, you understand when you really start reading the word, well, you go back to the Old Testament, you go to Deuteronomy, you go back to Exodus, and what is it that God gives Moses up on Mount Sinai? Mount, God gives Moses uh, on Mount Sinai the Ten Commandments, right? The law, right? The law. And there was laws to be observed in the Old Testament. And you had to observe those laws. Or what? Or there was judgment. Right? Go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28 and begin to read. And God says, if you will do this, then I will, I will bless you and I will keep you. I will bless you in the fields. I will bless your house. I will bless your work. But if you don't keep the law, then this curse will come upon you. Right? You can go to book Deuteronomy and read it for yourself. But God gave Moses the law. Now, there again, I'm not trying to get legalistic with you, but when you really start thinking about it and looking at it, even when you get into the New Testament, get into the New Testament, there's going to come a day when God's going to set in what? In, judge, in the judgment seat. The, is it the Bema? Word of God, uh, the Bema seat, which is the judgment seat, right? There's going to come a day when the books are open. And God's going to judge you for what you've done. Now, there again, there's an old song, you know, that how, how will you plead when that day comes? And, you know, the old, you know, the song is, I will plead the blood. I'll plead the blood. Amen. But you go to Matthew chapter four, I believe it is. And we see that Jesus, after the, after he's been baptized, and the Spirit of the Lord, He's filled with the Spirit and has come upon Him. What happens? He goes into the wilderness for 40 days to fast and to pray, right? Everybody remember that? And immediately after those 40 days, what happens? The devil comes, right? And, and begins to tempt Him. Now, get, I want you to understand this. God does not tempt God does not tempt. The devil tempts. God does not tempt. When you see the word tempt in the Bible that God's tempting somebody, it's not tempt, it's test. God will test. God will test you. He doesn't tempt you, but God will test you. I heard somebody the other day on the, on the, uh, on the TV talking about we're all studying if you will and and going through certain things and we're we're trying to accumulate knowledge what happens in school you were taught certain things right arithmetic reading what after your lesson for that day or for that course what was always the end result of that course huh a test to see how much of that information you had retained Right? God is the same way. God instructs. God corrects. God gives us wisdom. God gives us knowledge. God gives us understanding. And then God will test you to see how much you have retained. And I pray I pass the test the first time. Amen? But God does not tempt Satan tempts, God will test. 
to see how much you've retained. Anyway, let's get back right quickly. The devil comes to Jesus and he takes him up on the on the uh, the takes him up on the mountain and he takes him to the pinnacle. What's was there any doubt that Satan had the authority or the right to do that? I want you to think about this. Jesus did not contest the enemy's right to what he was tempting him with. But he said it, was, it, it is written, right? It is written. Always went back to the word. Satan has authority over this earth. Right? It has authority here. Legal, legal authority here. Legal authority here. And so, let's just go to Matthew. I, won't, I promise I won't keep it. I want to turn over to Matthew chapter 4 real quick. Verse 1 says, And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and set him up on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, <clears throat> He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. See, Satan was using, even using the word against Jesus. Right? He said, Look, Jesus, it's written that he's going to give his angels charge over you. And they're going to protect you. And Jesus, Jesus didn't fall for that. He said it's written that, that you're, not going to, you're not to tempt God. My point in saying all this is we need to understand that the enemy in 1 Peter, I believe it's 1 Peter, says is going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen. The, over in Revelation chapter 12, the Bible says that we have an accuser of the brethren that accuses the brethren day and night before God. What does the accuser mean? It means somebody that's placing accusations and basically a court of law that he's placing or making accusations against us unto God the Father. Now, what are those accusations? Well, they could be just about anything. They could be something that you've said, something that you've done, the way you've acted. You understand what I'm saying? Now, we're all saved and sanctified by the blood of Jesus, but it doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes and we don't stub our toe from time to time. And what my point in saying this is when we stub our toe or when we make a mistake, we need to be quick to repent for those things. Amen? Because what it does is, is it opens the door for the enemy to come in and make an accusation against us. And sometimes it will open the, the legal process to where he has access to us. Everybody with me? Everybody understand what I'm saying? Go to the New Testament and you'll see over in the New Testament where Jesus cast out sickness or well he healed sickness but he cast out devils or demons. And there was times when Jesus, remember the woman that was bent over I believe for 38 years? 
and couldn't stand up straight. And Jesus basically prayed at this, and the spirit, the Bible says that the spirit of infirmity was cast out of her or off of her. Okay? That tells me that the enemy was specifically targeting that woman for something. Everybody with me? It was, it was literally described as a spirit of infirmity. So we have to have an understanding. The Bible talks all through about legal ramifications. Hebrews talks about testaments and a testator, right? An advocate with the Father. We have an advocate with the Father. We go to the book of Job and we understand that Satan over... I looked at this and this is kind of what it got me going into this study a little bit. Satan goes in with the sons of God in the presence of God. Remember the story of Job? Where the sons of God are going before God and here comes Satan right along with him. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? First he asks him, where have you been? He says, well, I've been going to and fro. Searching the earth. What does Peter say? He says, the enemy goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And what I want us to understand is the Bible talks a lot. I mean, Psalms, in the book of Psalms, uh, Psalms 100, it says to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter, enter his courts with praise. To enter his courts with praise. We have an advocate with God the Father in Jesus Christ that's seated at the right hand of the Father. What's he doing? He's making intercession for us. Day and night, nonstop, making intercession for us, amen, is our legal counsel, if you will, in the presence of God the Father. So that when we, when we uh, are stumble or when we fall and when we're... See, David, David, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. And David had many, many, many problems in his life, amen? We all agree on that. There's, you know, there, there's, David was an adulterer, David was, was a, a fornicator, David was a murderer, David was all, all kinds of stuff, right? But the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because David was quick to repent. David was quick to repent, all right? So we have an advocate with the Father that when we stumble, when we, when we make a mistake and we're quick to repent, Jesus says they're covered with the blood. They're covered by the blood. Now, I know, like I said, this sounds a little jumbled this morning. I don't mean for it to because I want us to really begin to understand the courts of heaven. What God has been taking me and the places God's been taking me is more in line with kingdom principles if you will what's happening the bible says that whatever we loose on earth will be loosed where right and whatever we bind on earth in heaven what was the it, when we talk about the tabernacle what was the tabernacle a reflection of what was it patterned after should i say what was the tabernacle 
that Moses, as the children of Israel, were wandering around in the wilderness, what was it patterned after? It was patterned after the courts of heaven. So you have the outer court, you have the inner court, and you had the holy of holies, right? If you go and read the book of Revelation in different parts of the Bible, you'll see where the bronze laver is there. Where does the Bible say, I forget now, is it, is it a Revelation? Where does the Bible say that the Ark of the Covenant is now? It's in the holy place. It's, it's before God right now. Now, I'm not talking about the actual covenant there. Everything that you read in the Old Testament about the tabernacle was patterned after heaven, the things in heaven. Right? It's patterned after the things in heaven. What we have to have an understanding of is what God's Word is telling us. We really have to dig into the Word of God, especially in the day and the hour in which we live. We have an accuser of the brethren that goes about accusing us day and night. We wonder why we have to deal with certain things or why certain things have, uh, seems like have been with us for years and years and years. They've never been dealt with in the legal sense and handed over to Christ. We've been de trying to deal with them in the, in the natural realm and that's why we keep having battle after battle after battle. We have to turn these things over to Jesus Christ. I know this is not making much, much sense, but I want you to, to think about what I'm telling you and begin to read. You will see where God is a just judge, right? That there's, He's a God of judgment, but He's a just judge. You have some one that is making legal accusations against you all the time. Satan is making legal accusations against you. Jesus did not tell Satan, you don't have the right to give me these things because he did. Satan was, when Adam and Eve, or when Adam sinned, he gave, we've all heard this before, right? He gave up legal authority or title deed to Satan. And Satan became the ruler and the power of this world and this air. Now I'm not saying that God's authority is not greater. I'm just saying he had legal right to it. He had legal right to it. Jesus did not say you don't have the legal right to do it. He says God's word says this. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from God. Okay? I want you to have an understanding this morning. The courts of heaven. We're going to come back to this. I know that everybody's looking at me with blank stares this morning, and that's fine. But I want you to have an understanding of what I'm talking about. There's things that we need to deal with and let God have His way. Many times we have opened doors and allowed the enemy to come in and we do not know how to shut them sickness has come in because we've opened doors and we don't know how to shut them poverty and lack has come in because we've opened doors and we do not know how to shut them the, the spirit of alcoholism and drug addiction are doors that were opened and many people do not know how to shut them 
They pray and they pray and they pray and they pray and they pray, but they can't get that door shut. People pray, God, God, I, I gotta have, I, I got, I'm, I, I need this and I need that, and you know what? I, I'm, I'm just, I, I can't make my bills. I can't this, but there's a, you can't get that door shut of poverty. Does everybody understand that God wants to bless you? God says that you'll lack no good thing, right? Lack, not like. Lack, no good thing. God says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, right? People will, it seems like they've been dealing with a certain illness or affliction maybe all their life. You understand, let me, let me say this, you understand that these things are not, sometimes it's no fault of your own. Sometimes somewhere in your family lineage, somebody has opened a door. And because that door has opened, it has given Satan the legal right to attack you in that particular... Why do people say that, uh, that alcoholism is hereditary? Does that make any sense at all? Well, my father was an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic. It must... It, you understand what I'm saying? Well, so-and-so's alcohol. That's why they're having to deal with this. Does that make any sense at all, really, that... Uh, Alcoholism could be hereditary. Okay. But it's, it's a door somewhere has been opened. Families that have to deal with particular sicknesses. My, my, you know, so-and-so died of this and so-and-so's been dealing with this and so-and-so's been dealing with that. Well, it doesn't mean you have to deal with it. But somewhere along the line, a door may have been opened and it gave the enemy legal right to attack in a particular situation in a particular area. Is everybody tracking with me on this? You don't have to agree with me necessarily, but just, just track with me on it. You say, well, I can believe that for, I can believe that for, do you understand? I've, I, I better not go there. pastor might set me down there are things that you deal with that a door has been opened somewhere whether you opened it or whether somebody down your family line opened it and you don't know how to shut it and you keep dealing with it and dealing with it and praying about it and praying about it. And it seems like there's no relief in sight to where you finally just throw up your hands and say, I guess I've got to live with it. I guess I've just got to live with it. But you keep praying, God, help me. God, heal me. God, set me free. Maybe it's depression or oppression. Well, my, my, my mother dealt with it, my grandfather dealt with it, and now I've got to deal with this depression. No. A door somewhere may have been opened, and you have got to shut that door. 
And the only way that door can be shut, if you will, is through the blood of Jesus. And I have an understanding of what has taken place. My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge, from not understanding, from walking with blinders on, amen, from walking around and they can't see clear. They have eyes and they don't see. They have ears but they don't hear, amen. They are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They are destroyed. My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. God says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We've got to be able to shut those doors. You've got to be able to, to access your, the advocate who is Jesus Christ and begin to shut those doors. And when you begin to shut those doors, you leave those doors shut. And if you can grasp hold of what I'm telling you this morning and just begin to delve into it yourself and research it for yourself. Some of us that are dealing with depression, man, I, I'm shutting that door to, to depression right now enemy has no right father forgive me and if anybody in my family had this problem and they opened a door father forgive them and I renounce it now in the name of Jesus amen that I don't want to have to live under that curse I don't want to have to live under that affliction father I pray right now in the name of Jesus that that door is shut father and if there's something inside of me that I don't even realize it's there father I repent of it Lord God father and forgive me for it but father this door needs to be shut does this make sense a little bit but sometimes we don't even know the doors open we don't know the door has been opened and you like I said you may not have been the one to open it it may have been your mom or your dad or your grandmother or somebody down the line that opened that door. But it gave Satan legal authority, legal right to step in and say, I, I, there's an open door and I can walk in and out of it whenever I wish. And we have got to have an understanding of what's taking place in the courts of heaven. That you have an advocate with Jesus Christ. You have an accuser. A legal accuser. That says, Lord, uh, Father, that they, they, they've got this door open in their life. You're saved. You're sanctified. Amen. You're washed in the blood. But there you, uh, uh, listen, all of us will have hidden sin. All of us. And we need to be able to know how to shut that door and say enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm walking now in the high places of God. I renounce everything in my old life. I don't want any part of it anymore. Don't want an ounce of my old life because sometimes we're saved and we're sanctified, but we still get... How many people... Listen, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys go because you've still got blank faces. But how many people, even that you know or maybe yourself, you don't want to admit it, but you got one foot in the church and one foot in the world. You'll come to church on Sunday and dance and sing, and then on Monday you're going to act just like the world. 
you're going to praise God over here when you feel like it and then you're over here you're going to you're going to just oh woe is me God just don't do this and God just don't do that and I just don't know if God you understand what I'm saying you've got one foot in the world and one foot in there with God and you wonder why God ain't closing doors. You wonder why. Well, nobody sees me. Nobody knows I'm doing this. And when I go to church, ain't nobody going to know. And I could, But as soon as you leave church, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's back on. And then you're praying, God touch me. God heal me. God set me free. God deliver me. But you, you're still going back and forth. You still got one foot in the world and one foot in the church. All right. What I want you to have a basic understanding is, and we'll come back to this some point, there are, you have an accuser. We can all agree with that. The Bible says to put on the whole armor of God. Why? Because we wrestle not with flesh and blood. We've heard that scripture, we've heard that scripture, we've heard that scripture, but it still hasn't sunk in. Amen. We still want to complain about what we're going to, and what you're going to is manifest in the spiritual realm, and, not, and then it manifests itself into the physical realm. Amen. You with me on this? The, the Bible says that we open, uh, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And, and we have no concept except the murmuring and complaining and, and somewhere that, that we've done. Or, or said at opening sometimes we do it out of not even thinking our words that's why the Bible says that there's power and, and that life and death are where and the power of the tongue the words that you speak have meaning, amen. They, they, the words that you speak, I've had to catch myself and because I, I've been so frustrated and so mad. And at times I get, and I try to push it off on God and say, well, God, if you did this and if you'd done that, you know what I mean? And God says, look, boy, it's your choice. You've, you've had a choice to make all along, amen. But you've chosen the decisions, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? So everything, I, I can't blame God for nothing. I can't blame God for nothing, amen. But the our power of life and death are in our, in our words and what we speak. And sometimes we speak stuff out of frustration. Sometimes we speak stuff out of anger. Sometimes we will speak stuff out of, out of pure, I just, I'm, I, exasperation. I just don't know what to do and I just don't. And you speak things and when you speak it, it opens up doors, amen. That's why the Bible says that you need to be very careful about what you speak, about what you say. I know there might be people here who say, boy, you're way off on this, but I'm telling you, the Bible's very clear on the words that we speak. Amen. Very clear. We need to start speaking exactly what God's word says. When you don't know what else to say, speak the word of God. Amen. Because what's on the inside of you is eventually going to come out. And if the world is on the inside of you, eventually you can masquerade it and you can put a smile on and you can speak the word of God. But if it's on the inside of you, it's going to come out. That's why you've got to get the word of God on the inside of you and fill your heart with the word of God. Amen. And speak, not just speak the word of God, but live the word of God. And get it on the inside because when the Word of God is on the inside of you, guess what? That's what's going to come out. <music>